TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. What are we gonna do with our children? What are we gonna do to show we care? How are we gonna be there for our children when they feel that life has just not been that fair? Good evening and welcome back to Masks Weekly Radio Show on Family Matters. Mask Mothers and Fathers Align Saving Kids, Kids of All ages and all stages for all mental health struggles, including addiction. If you know someone that needs a referral for a therapist, an inpatient or outpatient program, a parent support group, somebody maybe that's alienated from a loved one, please give them our number, 718-758-0400. Again, I'll repeat the number. Maybe it's for yourself, a loved one, a neighbor, or someone you usually would sit next to in shul. Our number, all calls are confidential, 718-758-0400. Tonight, I'm really very honored to have on with us Dr. Josh Coleman, who is a psychologist and in private practice in San Francisco Bay Area. He is also the author of four books and written many academic articles. He does workshops for broken ties, which we'll talk more about, and workshops in many, many synagogues around the United States. So I am so happy, proud, and honored to have on Dr. Josh Coleman. Thank you for coming on. How are you this evening? I'm good. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am very excited to have this show. Um, Doctor, I want to mention um, you are the co-founder and researcher um, with Standing Together, a Center for Advancing Awareness of Family Estrangement. So I'd like to talk about, firstly, your books. You want to tell my listeners the four books that you authored, please. Sure. Well, the most, the one that's the two that are the most relevant to our conversation. One that I wrote in 2007 was called "When Parents Hurt: Compassionate Strategies When You and Your Grown Child Don't Get Along." And my more recent one that just came out this year, which is "Rules of Estrangement: Why Adult Children Cut Ties and How to Heal the Conflict." And I wrote my first book in 2007. Uh, having resolved a difficult situation with my own daughter where I was married and divorced in my 20s and then remarried in, you know, in my early 30s and have twin boys from that marriage, who, and I'm still married to my wife from, uh, from then, from now 32 years. Uh, but there was a period of time in my daughter's early 20s where she had stopped 
talking to me for several years in some ways because she felt kind of displaced when I remarried. And it was a very painful, disorienting thing, and there wasn't very much written about it to uh, to kind of help guide and me, guide me. So eventually I was able to reconcile with her and work close again. But I realized that so many parents are in this position. So after writing my first book on the topic, I developed a wide following of parents in the United States and really across the world who are struggling with with this. So my current book, Rules of Estrangement, is based on my many interviews with parents and my research through the University of Wisconsin and um, other uh, other experiences that led me to develop the perspective that I have. So I first would like if you can give uh, the definition, the difference between a strange child or alienated child, please. Well, in the research literature, they talk about alienation as being those cases where the child, typically post-divorce, doesn't have to be post-divorce, but typically post-divorce where one of the parents willfully, covertly or overtly poisons that child against the other parent. They may do it by lying about the other parent by revealing details of the other parent, what they were like as a spouse that in ways that make them look less appealing, by blaming them for breaking up the family home, um, by restricting access to the child. This can happen both when children are young, but also uh, when the parents are grown. So estrangement is kind of the overall heading from the way I think about it, where alienation is a subset of that. To me, estrangement is basically um, a an, an ending of contact uh, between two people who were formerly close. Um, so alienation is just one of the pathways to that. But there are many pathways towards an estrangement. It may be when an adult child gets married and their new son-in-law or daughter-in-law doesn't like the parent or parents or the parents don't like them and that becomes a problem. It, it can be, parent, the, you know, the, we often hear about parental abuse, but sometimes it's the adult child's mental illness or their addictions that can cause it. Um, sometimes it's because the child felt too close to the parent and doesn't know any other way to feel separate from them. So there are many, many different pathways to how somebody can become estranged. And like you said, divorce often can lead to estrangement. Yes. Um, are there other um, considerations um, besides divorce? Well, yeah, I mean, I, one of the most common ones I see, and, I, and this came to in my, that was revealed in my, my research, I did a, a survey, the University of Wisconsin Survey Center of 1,600 estranged parents, and something like 70% of those uh, didn't become estranged until their child married. So we assume that when the adult child marries, that can become a flashpoint, because you're bringing together even if you're with, you know, in the same faith, you're bringing together sometimes two different family cultures. Um, if uh, the son-in-law or the mother or the daughter-in-law don't like the parent or vice versa, that, that is, can become a really serious um, and common problem. So that's probably one of the most common things. But I think mental illness um, on the part, certainly on the part of the parent, but also on the part of the child uh, is also a very common predictor of it. 
And is estrangement from your end, is estrangement and alienation? Uh, I know that it is on the rise in the religious community. Do you yeah. see that as well? Yeah, I definitely do. I see it. Yeah. And, and um, I'm working with a lot more families from the Orthodox community who are facing this problem and are very shocked and surprised and you know, and sometimes hurt or upset that their rabbis either are supporting the estrangement or aren't being active enough to intervene uh, to support the parents. So um, I do think that that um, both rabbis and therapists need to get educated about how to help families because sometimes the advice that's given is isn't very helpful. And I would like to let everyone know that there is an organization called Broken Ties, and Broken Ties was founded by two amazing women, uh, Hadassah and Guli, and both them are involved with Dr. Josh Coleman in doing programs for the community. And I'm proud to say that MASP will be doing a program with Dr. Josh Coleman and anyone interested in attending that program uh, via Zoom, please call the mask office at 718-758-0400. There is no charge for that program. Dr. Coleman, um, the program that we are going to be doing, can you just give a quick overview so people will understand what the benefit is of attending it, please. Yeah, the, so the program is going to be Sunday, January 16th at noon Eastern, and it's going to, going to give a three-hour workshop. Um, it's, it's in many ways geared towards therapists and rabbis to help them know how to deal with this problem, because my experience is that even the most senior uh, psychologist or the most experienced rabbi, um, if they don't really have the right tool set, they can actually make the problem worse. So, so what I'm going to do is talk about how to help parents write an amends letter, how to address this problem in a way that increases communication, builds compassion, empathy, uh, common mistakes that parents make, the common mistakes that rabbis and clergies make in terms of giving advice. Um, um, sort of how to handle problematic situations like difficult sons-in-laws or daughter-in-laws dealing with mental illness, handling disrespect and abuse. So some of the common uh, themes that emerge in my practice will be what I'll be highlighting. So thank you, doctor. Um, let's talk about um, the effects of the rest of the family. Many times there are children that are, you know, young adults, married, whatever age, are estranged from the family, but do, from the parents, but speak to siblings. Uh-huh. Uh, can you discuss that part, please? Well, I think that the sometimes parents um, want their non-estranged siblings um, to, uh, children rather, to kind of have a united front and to tell the estranged kid that, you know, you have to, you know, if you're going to, uh, we're not going to see you unless you talk to mom or dad, which I think is typically 
a mistake. I also think that... I agree. Yeah. I also think that if one sibling is estranged and the other one or other ones aren't, it can be useful to ask the ones who aren't estranged um, if they have similar complaints, because sometimes the adult child who's estranged has legitimate... Um, I mean, often from their perspective, they always have legitimate complaints or reasons for doing so. So part of my my method with parents is to uh, to try to empathize with the child's complaints and take responsibility. So a starting point can be for the parent to um, ask their adult child who isn't estranged to say, you know, maybe you have the same complaints, maybe you have different complaints, but I want you to feel like um, you can let me know what those are. Um, I, I don't think that it's very useful for parents to have the non-estranged children be put a lot of pressure on the estranged child to reconcile or even be their advocate. Sometimes the estranged child will say something like, well, if you talk to, you know, if you, I don't want you to tell, tell mom and dad anything about whatever, where I'm living, what I'm doing, etc. I'm okay with having a separate relationship with you, but I don't want you to be the go-between. And I think that the parents shouldn't put pressure on the non-estranged child to either be their messenger or their kind of window into that child's life is as hard as that is. Um, I, I always say that family members should be in touch and sometimes not even ask questions, yeah. uh, but just keep the connection. Exactly. Uh, it's very, very painful estrangement, alienation. I'm wondering, um, do you see it affecting moms more than dads? or not? Yeah, no, definitely. I see it affecting, I mean, I think it affects both deeply, but I think mothers, um, I would argue in some ways suffer more. One of my sayings is moms get sad and dads get mad. And so it's often harder for mothers when their children estrange themselves because they're much more pulled to feel like there must be something else that they should be doing, could be doing. It's very hard for mothers to let themselves off of the hook. So, so many of the mothers in my practice that I work with are suffering with ongoing feelings of depression, anxiety, self-criticism, even if they know rationally that it's not their fault, that it's because their child's mentally ill or because their child had the misfortune of marrying a troubled son-in-law or daughter-in-law who's turned against them or they're the victims of parental alienation. It's still very hard for mothers to, um, to feel like um, either self-forgiving or self-compassionate uh, and the like. So uh, it's a very serious problem. Doctor, what about changing family patterns? Sometimes, you know, it, it does run in a family. Um, do you see a lot of that where people don't speak to each other? Well, I'm seeing an increasing amount of it. You know, I think we have to assume that there's always been conflict in families and um, family members who didn't get along or, you know, stopped talking, etc. But I think it's changed in the way that that our the culture has changed. I think it's, it's in, in, even in the uh, Orthodox Jewish communities where, um, where adult children don't feel like they owe the parents in the same way that earlier generations did, that the moral framework for families has changed from honor thy mother and thy father, respect thy elders to, does this relationship feel good and healthy to me or doesn't it? If it doesn't, I don't, I'm not obligated to spend time, you know, with a parent or not. And I think that makes families um, much more fragile in many ways. 
And yeah, and a lot of them are claiming that they want, you know, boundaries. They're using a lot of the boundary line. Yes. Um, families are struggling, not understanding because they don't, they're not clear with defining what are the boundaries. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I think that's a common general generational difference between, um, you know, millennials, those who are kind of in the, the 25 to 40 age, and Gen Z who are in the 14 to 24 age, uh, as opposed to their parents who are boomers or Gen X, which is the generation right, the next younger generation from the boomers. That, that, that I mean, I'm a boomer, we grew up with a kind of a very different sensibility. So the whole notion of boundaries has to do with the way that families are much more, uh, or relationships are much more defined in terms of identity and individuality and individualism. Um, and with prioritizing, does this relationship make me happy and feel good about myself or, or does it not? And what, um, what do I need to do in my relationship with others to make the relationship feel good to me? So one of those is to um, talk about boundaries and boundaries are, are, you know, sometimes boundaries can be very healthy. You know, this is this is what hurts my feelings. This is what doesn't. This is what feels like is too intrusive. This is what what doesn't. You know, so there's a place for boundaries. The the problem is that there's a generational difference in understanding those conflict in families. Similarly, generational difference in what constitutes traumatic, harmful behavior. So so many parents today are being accused of emotional abuse, neglect, trauma for behaviors that in their generation would have just been considered more average, normal, expectable. Uh, and that can often also be a very big dividing line between the generations that, uh, can, that can cause conflict. What kinds of steps do you recommend actually to parents that they take? Um, you know, sometimes some therapists are saying one thing, other therapists are saying something else. And that's why it's so important that we do this training. You've done trainings in the religious community for broken ties. We are going to be doing this training in January. It will be by Zoom, and it will be for rabbis, therapists, uh, licensed mental health counselors, uh, psychiatrists to learn more about estrangement and uh, what what the best route is for repairing those damages. Uh, parents get very discouraged. They, they're not sure what to do, how much to do, what not to do. And even when they're told to do something, sometimes if they don't see immediate results, they think, okay, it didn't work. But we need to be consistent and parents need to learn the right way on how to respond. So what would you suggest the first steps to parents need to take? Well, I think one of the most important steps is to recognize that parents don't have the same kind of authority that they once had and that that they have to kind of take guilt off the table, you know, whereas in in my generation, my mother could guilt trip, you know, could guilt trip me about not calling her mother. 
you know, not calling my mother. Um, and, you know, right, I was very close to my mother. So if she did it, it was in an affectionate way. But but the idea that you could kind of, you know, say, well, you don't you don't care about me anymore. You can't call me what you can't call your own mother, you know, and that that would be understood in the context of a loving relationship. That's no longer the case today. Um, the ability to make your child feel guilty is is uh, can be experienced or portrayed as being emotionally abusive of that uh, that adult child. So um, parents have to recognize that how much the world has changed and shifted um, and and acknowledge that they don't have the same kind of power or authority. They can't demand the same kind of attention um, and availability that earlier generations could in terms of not only the adult child, but tragically the grandchildren. They have to recognize that today's relationships are much more constituted from the perspective of a more egalitarian model where parents and adult children are more equals than the parents being in a more revered um, kind of role. Um, and so what that means is that, that nothing compels an adult child to have a relationship with a parent beyond that adult child wanting that relationship. Um, in addition, that adult child may be getting enormous support from their uh, therapist or their rabbi or other people to to keep that uh, that parent at distance. So what I tell parents is that it's critically important that they empathize with the adult child's client, uh, complaints, that they find the kernel of truth, that they're not defensive, that they don't use guilt, that they don't get angry, that they assume that there's good reasons for the adult child uh, cutting off the contact because from the adult child's perspective, uh, they wouldn't be doing it unless they did feel like it was the healthiest thing for them to do, however hard that is for the parent to understand. Um, so not all adult children, but many adult children, if they feel understood and like the parent is really trying to to change or make the relationship one that feels more in line with their ideals, um, then often a better relationship uh, can be made. But so I think those are the essential principles. And what do you say to grandparents that are estranged? Well, I, I mean, grandparents are suffering in sometimes, some ways even more than the parents are because many of the grandparents in my practice were loving, involved grandparents. And then all of a sudden they're cut out of their grandchildren's lives and they're left feeling not only the... the the heartbreak of being cut out of their adult child's lives, but they're they're missing their grandchildren. They don't know what their grandchildren are feeling. Um, they don't know if the grandchildren are blaming them. They don't know what the parents are telling the grandchildren about why they cut off grandma or grandpa or grandma and grandpa. Um, so, um, so these are parents. These are grandparents who are in enormous pain, and I typically recommend that they continue to reach out to the grandchildren, even if the adult child has said not to contact the adult child, uh, unless they're having their gifts or letters sent back unopened. In that case, I don't think that they should continue to to try in the short term. Doctor, I want you to please um, tell my listeners again the names of your book, please, and they can get it on Amazon. Sure. Yeah. My most recent book is Rules of Estrangement, Why Adult Children Cut Ties and How to Heal the Conflict. And anyone that wants to reach Dr. Coleman, feel free to call the Mask Helpline and we will make sure that you get through to Dr. Coleman. Uh, let's go back to uh, the clergy and the therapist. Again, uh -huh. what is their role in causing or supporting 
estrangement, please? Well, I think that that clergy, I mean, therapists even more than clergy, but tragically, many clergy um, are not aware of how much the ground has shifted beneath the feet of the parents and how much help parents need to learn this new way of communicating that may not come naturally to them. So one of the most um, common ways is around the language of abuse and trauma and harm and neglect have infiltrated the culture. Um, so for example, there was a study done that showed that in the past three decades, there's been an enormous increase in what we consider to be um, um, harmful, abusive, traumatizing behavior. So what this author referred to as concept creep. There's been a creep uh, in, in the expansion of diagnoses, of labels, of behavior that in earlier generations wouldn't have been considered problematic or now be considered problematic. <coughs> Excuse me. So often um, adult children are coming to their parents after they've met with a therapist or a rabbi and saying, well, you're emotionally abusive, or you were emotionally abusive, or you're a narcissist, or a borderline, or you're gaslighting me, or you're crossing my boundaries. And the parents, if they don't have that language, just say, "Why? What are you talking about? You're, you know, you're crazy. I, I was a great parent. You want to see a bad parent? I had a bad parent, or something." But it isn't any kind of reaction that is going to facilitate growth or change. So I think that therapists and rabbis need to learn how to help parents navigate this big gap in how they understand, uh, how they communicate, how they understand conflict, how they understand, um, you know, the labels, the psychiatric diagnoses and the like. Well, thank you very much, Doctor. This very important topic. And again, I want everyone to know that MASK and Nefesh International with Broken Ties in collaboration we are going to have our event in January. Anyone that is interested in being on the Zoom with Dr. Josh Coleman, no charge, three-hour training with breaks, our number, again, is 718-758-0400. And I recommend that anyone struggling with estrangement issues should go out and get the book, Rules of Estrangement, Why Adult Children Cut Ties and How to Heal the Conflict Joshua, by Dr. Joshua Coleman. Doctor, one last question quickly. We're running out of time. Sure. What do you want to say to those parents and grandparents the grieving process while they're starting to enter into this unfortunate topic of estrangement? Well, I think the main thing is to work on self-forgiveness and self-compassion because nothing can invite more self-criticism, even self-loathing, than when our own children turn against us. It's just completely disorienting and can invite in the worst kinds of feelings. So, um, so really working on um, if you did make mistakes, if there are things that you feel guilty about, um, to acknowledge those to yourself and ideally to your child, but then to work on developing compassion and acceptance for yourself. And, and often these situations can be helped if there's a, a change in, in the strategy. So that's why I want people to get educated about the strategies. 
Yes, thank you. And I always say that becoming a parent, there is no manual to become a parent. That's right. We all make mistakes, and it's just a shame that parents do get alienated, estranged from their loved ones, grandparents, Mm -hmm. and it's sad that, unfortunately, there are a lot of people that don't understand it and only hear one side right. and don't understand that. And that contributes to more and more families having this um, struggle, this painful, most painful problem. And uh, we hope that we will be able to help Louise by having our program with you in January. So I'd like to thank you so much for making the time and being on with us tonight, Dr. Coleman. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, and I'm really looking forward to the workshop in January. Thank you. And again, anyone interested, feel free to call 718-758-0400 to register. Again, a shout-out to Broken Ties, Guli and Hadassah, anyone that wants to get onto their programs, their WhatsApp chat, their um, evening Zoom groups that they have, if you're struggling, suffering, grieving from a child, a loved one that you're estranged from, call us, we will connect you. And um, again, we will be doing it with Nefesh International. So thank you. I want to wish everyone a very good evening, a beautiful Shabbos. And always remember, hang in, hold on, and virtually for now, literally in alienation, hug tight. (laughs) Tonight's show is in memory of Simcha Shmuel Ben Moshe. Please consider to go online to maskparents.org to donate so we can continue with these shows and all the work that we do to help the community. Thank you and have a good night.